I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to I'm Listening. This is a Frasier fan podcast hosted by number one Frasier fan, me, Anita Flores. Each new episode, we have a special guest, and, well, this episode is going to be a little different. This is actually the end of season three. Uh, it has been an incredible season with incredible guests, and I actually thought pretty early on into beginning season three that I knew I wanted to do a special episode for the fans. And when I say that, I mean that, you know, one of the best things about doing this podcast is all the people that it has connected me to. People in different countries, in different cities, uh, with a shared love of Frasier. It's been really cool. And so I decided I wanted to do a whole episode about Frasier fans around the world. And that is what I am bringing you today. I put out a call on social media and got some incredible responses. So, so many, in fact, that uh, this is actually part one. Uh, there will be more. But in part one, in this particular episode of I'm Listening, I am interviewing my very first fellow Peruvian. This is very exciting. If you don't know this about me, I think you probably do by now. I am half Peruvian. My dad is from Lima. I'm Jewish and Russian on my mom's side. That is why my Twitter and Instagram handle is Anita Jutina, because I'm a Jewish Latina. Uh, but yeah, uh, I felt like a bit of an oddity uh, 
as a Peruvian and also a Fraser fan. And then I got connected to our next guest. Uh, she is a casting director and fellow Peruvian. Please welcome Roxana Altamirano to the podcast. Roxana, how are you today? I'm <laughs> today. I'm fantastic today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am so happy that you're here. Um, I feel like I must mention how it is uh, that you are here today, uh, which uh, and that is because I was on uh, Judge John Hodgman a while back, and it, it came up. I think I did mention that I'm a Jutina. I'm a Peruvian. Uh, or Jeruvian. Uh, and <laughs> Jesse Thorne, who's part of the podcast, mentioned that he had a friend, you, um, and mentioned that you were Peruvian and that you were a Fraser fan. And then I immediately reached out. Uh, and so that is how you and I are talking today. So it's a uh, it's very exciting. I didn't even think I didn't even know how to look for uh, another <laughs> Peruvian who also likes Fraser. So um I'd love to hear. Tell me about yourself. Are you, you had uh, told me uh, what I consider to be fun facts uh, when we were uh, emailing back and forth, including that you were born in Peru and came to the Mm -hmm. States in 1985. So yes, please, I'd love to hear about your journey here and what led you into Frasier. You know, it's kind of the classic, you know, immigrant story. My parents fled from a potential danger in, in Peru and uh, decided to um, try United States, of course, the American dream. And so we, we moved here in 85 and I was eight years old with my brother and my sister and my parents. And we didn't know anything. We didn't know English or anyone that lived here. And we, you know how we, we actually put in Peru, we put the names of all 50 states in a hat and we were just going to go to whichever one we picked. <laughs> wow. And it's kind of funny because my brother actually, he got to pick because he's the oldest and he picked um, Kentucky and then we yeah. <laughs> saw we saw where it was in the map and we like put it back and drew another name. <laughs> and wow. um, so then we, we picked Virginia. And uh, which is convenient because we landed in Florida and then we took a Greyhound up to Virginia and then just tried to make a life in Virginia. It didn't last long <laughs> in Virginia because it is freezing in the winter. So we eventually moved to California and then Oregon, you know, kind of trying to find a base. Sure. Oh, can I ask where in uh, Peru are you from? I'm from Lima. Oh, yeah. cool. I was born in Lima. My, all my family is in Lima. My dad is from Lima. Can uh, can I ask uh, what uh, what area of Lima? Miraflores. Of course, I know Miraflores. Oh, I, so yes. so okay. I um is is very exciting to talk to you, especially because I have now been to Lima twice. I went okay. uh, twelve years ago with my father, and he hadn't been back since he left in the eighties. And okay. um, but at the time, I was very nervous because I was extremely- How old were you? So I was 19 at the time. And okay. I was very self-conscious because for whatever reasons, uh, I am not a fluent Spanish speaker. And sure. um, and so I basically just hid behind him uh, for this trip. And I really, it was just, it was weird beca- for me because I- I'm a, if you can't tell this about me, I love the sound of my own voice and talking to people. <laughs> and I was so shy around my my cousins and my aunts and my uncles. So then last January, I decided to go. 
back to Peru. But it but it, uh, it is a different situation now in that I became a lot more motivated to practice my Spanish and realizing I'm not as terrible as I thought, despite the fact that I'm not fluent, but I'm okay. So I went back yeah. first just by myself, and then my boyfriend met me there. Uh, and I had the one of the greatest trips of my life, oh, like met, met my whole family, like stayed with my cousin, like now we're all friends on WhatsApp and on Facebook and like trying to plan the next trip and <laughs> yeah. trying to go back with my dad. And um, not that I'm an expert on Lima, but my dad's from Barranco. And it's funny because Miraflores, I know it as the kind of the 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 area in Lima in which a lot of tourists like to go. Right. Um so I have so you're the first person I've I've met people from Barranco like my dad and also Salamanca and Chorillos. But but yes. not but not Miraflores. So you're the first person. Yeah. But I yeah. felt that I was just so excited that I I interrupted your what you were saying, which is so Virginia was too cold. And then you went to California, <laughs> right. and then yeah. yes, what what came next? And and I mean, we just kind of tried to settle in one place, and 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 just kind of made a, a little life for ourselves here. And but I did. I mean, what's related is that I did learn English through television. So when mm. we first got to the states, um, we stayed in a hotel. And the cool thing about staying in a hotel is that it. There's free HBO and Ooh. all the channels you can ask for. <laughs> and um, so we learned English by watching Fraggle Rock, because at that time, Fraggle Rock was on HBO and um, and Sesame Street, of course, and just like TV in general. So my love for TV comes from just, you know, learning, trying to learn the language at a very early age. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's kind of what's important <laughs> it's learning how to love television of course television so, raised me but <laughs> go <yeah>. on <laughs> so and then we settled in Oregon and um and we're in Oregon when um Frasier kind of debuted I guess I uh, made its debut and then um and then and then I came down to Southern California for college and stayed here um mm -hmm. ever since so I'm in LA now. Ah, you're in LA. So yeah. I'm curious because I was just, so uh, I was home for Thanksgiving and my dad really wanted to see the new Mr. Rogers movie with Tom Hanks. And he said he really, Mr. Or Mr. Rogers has a special place in his heart because he said it was one of the first shows that he started watching that helped him learn English when he came here. That oh, and yes. Sesame Street. So I'm curious, uh, uh, in terms of you had mentioned when we were emailing that you really liked Sesame Street and the Muppet Show, right? And yeah, that, and um, then what was the Sesame Street yeah. and anything related just has such a special. It just feels like family to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because that's how I learned English, and that was like my family when we first moved here, when we really didn't have any extended family or friends. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know if it's like that with every kid. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Sure. Like mm -hmm. I have no idea um, if it's unique to me or an immigrant, you know, an immigrant, or if it's like that with America, like. American kids as well. But yeah, Sesame Street and anything Sesame related, like the Jim Henson stuff has right. just such a, it just, it, it still kind of tugs in my heartstrings a little bit every time I, I, I watch something like that, or I watch old YouTube clips of like old Sesame Street sketches, you know? Yeah. I would, I, I would love to take a survey now of how many people if from 
different countries, not just Latin American. I'd be curious to see if there's, you know, lots of people that uh, started with uh, Sesame Street because I loved it, uh, you know, for my own reasons. But um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, so you said that the first I think the first sitcom you got into was Cheers. Yeah. So Cheers was the first sitcom that didn't have any kids that I really liked. Do you remember being a child and just only watching sitcoms with kids, you know, like Full House or Growing Pains for Us? That was like, that was like, you know, like for some reason, you just, you didn't, any sitcom with like all adults was like, no, I don't want to watch that. Was it just for me or was that? Well, I would say that it depending on who you talk to i'm sure that that is the case for me i uh i know that it all started for me with just sitcoms because i didn't have cable apparently i did not stay in enough hotels <laughs> because yeah. my really well, after the hotel yeah. yeah well after the hotel we were on our own and then the cable went bye bye so right. it was the same for us yeah yeah so for me it was all about network uh sitcoms i fully right. missed the boat on on, like anything on Nickelodeon or Disney, I would catch some like, you know, Fox cartoons uh, right. and their ripoff of Pokemon, which was Digimon. Uh, <laughs> I watched Saved by the Bell, the new class, uh, which was right. on NBC in the morning. I was too late for regular early Saved by the Bell. Uh, yeah. So that was my experience. So for me, uh, there is a deep nostalgia that comes from watching adults. So uh, hearing your experience is very interesting to me. So why do you think it is that Cheers of all the ones with all adults uh, is what kind of piqued your interest? I think it's just the goofiness of it. Mm -hmm. And looking back now, because that's one of the, because Frasier, it's one of the now I watch, like a lot of people, I watch sitcoms over and over and over again, you know, yeah. at night, because mm-hmm. that's what gets me to sleep. Yep, same And um, a lot of kids now, uh, kids, <laughs> a lot of people now watch Friends and The Office over and over again, but I'm a little too old for those two things, mm-hmm. or my sensibilities are just not there. Sure. And so I'll watch Cheers and Frasier over and over and over again. <laughs> I mean, and Seinfeld, I should add Seinfeld on there. So, but I watched Cheers and I think like just looking back and I think I really related, related and took to it because of the goofiness of it. And that's one of the things very early on that Cheers, um, why I love Cheers is, I mean, it just has a lot of heart and it's just really goofy in a way that it's not commercial goofy, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a forced goofy that like Friends is and and I don't want to put The Office in the same category as Friends because I think The Office is pretty special. But but that's what made me love it. It's just the goofiness. of And, and you know, I was thinking because I just saw that um, Ted Danson got arrested. You know, oh, with, yeah. did you read about that with Jane Fonda? I did, yeah. Her, you know, her, her posse, arrested posse. And, um, and, and he was sticking his tongue out. And I think maybe, I don't know if this is the correct theory or not, but... I think he, because he's a goofy person in real life, I think he, it all kind of stemmed from him, maybe. Mm. Like, do you think that maybe he's the one that kind of brought in the sense of goofiness that that kind of, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just a weird theory. But I think it all kind of stemmed from being Ted Dance and being a goofy person in real life. And I that's what made Cheer so great. There's a, hey, 
I, I don't think it can be disproved. <laughs> I, it, well, what's interesting is for, so in my case, Frasier and, and uh, Seinfeld are all the way up there in terms of sort of the TV, the sitcoms that raised me. Cheers was definitely before me and I didn't have access to it because I uh, assume it was like probably on Nick at Night maybe or just... It was on Nick at Night, yeah. Yeah, and it I didn't Nick have Nick at Night. So the first actual access to Cheers I had well, was and still is Netflix. And truth be told, uh, I have yet to really hop in there. I mean, I have seen, okay. I have seen I probably all of the like Frasier relevant episodes and I've watched the okay. pilot, um, but I have not, I have yet to really watch it all the way through. But you're the first person to talk about goofiness. And uh, you know what? That piques my interest because generally- okay. When I start talking about the fact that I haven't seen Cheers to not all, but many people, a lot of them tell, come, coming from a writer's perspective tell me, oh, it's such a well-written show. And like, for me, yeah. that's not really what makes me want to watch a show. Yeah. I don't know. For me, I like the first, and obviously, you know, you need good writing, but I, it's definitely acting and like, yeah. I, I get really really sucked in by the acting and who I who are who are my favorite actors and like David Hyde Pierce uh is probably my favorite I mean everyone's amazing on Frasier but um he's such a fantastic actor and such and so great at physical acting um right he's my favorite as well I mean I'm sure he's every he's everyone's he's every Frasier lover's favorite right he I'd say he, he he's though the answer I get the most in terms of favorite character slash like actor when I've asked who's your favorite character slash actor on Frasier but um I want to ask so you uh started with Cheers so uh where like what channel or like what device uh did you start watching Frasier on and did it okay. start? So when after I was in Cheers? high school, we mm -hmm. did have cable and, mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and it was on Nick at night and Cheers was on Nick at night. So that's when I watched like all of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe you just missed that Nick at night because it was I on did. Nick at night like a lot. I definitely like miss Nick at Night. I wish I had Nick at Night. I watched uh, Gilligan's Island uh, on. <laughs> see, the, the 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 most access I had as a child to cable was going to my grandparents' house. So I would check out Nick at Night. I would. Uh, I think I would watch Bewitched sometimes. Uh, <laughs> seemingly missed all of the ch uh, Cheers blocks, yeah. uh, and then I would check out horror movies if I could on AMC. That's where I oh. had my introduction to horror movies. I'm a huge horror fan, uh, and the and the first uh, horror movie I can remember is at my grandparents' way too young watching Hellraiser. Uh, so I definitely think Nick at Night would have been part of my viewing situation had I had had more access to it. It's almost Valentine's Day, and that means it's time to stop giving lame gifts. Ballsy has some great gifts, including the I'm Nuts About You gift set, which includes ball wash, activated charcoal wash packed with essential oils and plant extracts, nut rub, solid cologne for keeping your boys below and full body smelling fresh, comes in six fragrances, sack spray, portable deodorizing spray, great for freshening up on the go, perfect for a gym bag for after workouts when there's no time to shower. There's also a secondary gift set, the Your Incredibles Heart Box, which includes three nut rubs, solid colognes, including a limited edition Valentine's Day only scent, Drift and Dunes. 
and more. It retails for $45, but guess what? I'm listening is sponsored by Ballsy today, and that means you can get 20% off with the promo code LISTENING20. There's over 200,000 satisfied customers and counting. Get the I'm Nuts About You gift for the special person in your life. So that's where you started with Frasier. So what do you think is what drew you in to Frasier? Why do you continue to watch it? So I have, well, I, I started watching Frasier when I was in high school mm-hmm. and I was, um, and it was kind of like when I was in high school, I kind of went through a phase where I would like, my favorite place was Barnes and Nobles. And I thought of myself as an intellectual, like, <laughs> and, and you know, and I wasn't really like, I mean, I was in AP classes, I guess, but I wasn't really smart, you know. Hey, but I AP classes, that counts. <laughs> I think. And I'm like, you know, I just, like, I spent all my free time at Barnes & Nobles, and I just, like, love the feel, the feel of Frasier, you know, of the, like, kind of Pacific Northwest, um, you know, uh, pseudo intellectual, like kind of rainy. I don't know if this all makes sense, but it all makes sense. Uh, we, oh, it was like the Persian Gulf War, and so like I would watch CNN a lot, also. And so I don't know. It was just it all kind of relates to that kind of image in my head of like me, like growing up as an adult. Ah. You know? So it made so, you feel um, kind of like. Did it make you feel kind of smart and intellectual to watch Frasier? Yes, or at least it didn't make me feel that way. It just I liked the setting. It's almost like I was part of that world ah, and I yes. You know, worked in an office and would go into Cafe Nervo- Nervosa, is it? <laughs> yes, and, um, that is it. Cafe and, Nervosa. You know, yeah. order a cappuccino Ooh. or, you know, and 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 just I'm um, in that world. Wanted to I wanted to move from I was in Eugene, Oregon at that time. So I wanted to move into a bigger city like Seattle or Portland you know, <laughs> or New York mm-hmm. and um and like work. You know, yeah. that's your vision of getting a job when you're in high school is that setting. So I just like that world. And I and I love Frazier, the character. He was he was one of my favorites on Cheers. I mm-hmm. mean he, him, I, I, I just love Frasier, the character. So I was happy to kind of go along. <laughs> For a show like Frasier, do you, like, and I can tell you, part of mm-hmm. uh, another thing that I love about the show is there are, believe it or not, some parallels that I draw between the show and myself, specifically sort of uh, like having a special and or close relationship with like a family member like I'm very close with my dad so that was like that's like a nice part of the show to me is watching their relationship so I'm curious is there anything about the show that you find at all relatable to your own life your own you know well there is now Mm -hmm. because like as like a Peru I don't know if you know this but like Peruvians are very scrappy I'm scrappy, so go on. Okay. This this is relevant okay. to my interests. <laughs> like maybe it's just me, and I hope that I'm not like stereotyping. Like, but well, you're Peruvian, really so I feel like if anyone's we... allowed to have opinions on Peruvians, it's a okay. Peruvian. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, and not all of us are like this, but sometimes we don't do things the right way. <laughs> mm, okay, yes, elaborate. <laughs> so I, it, it relates to me now. Mm. Not so much then, even though I am close with my parents and mm. um, 
but it relates to me now because um, my partner, husband type person, we have kids, so we're but we're not married type of thing. Mm-hmm. Adam, he is Jewish and mm-hmm. grew up here in um, Southern California. And they're like, you know, they, they do things the right way. And, um, and they like, I don't know, like, it's just very different from me who kind of does the gorilla style everything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so now the contrast is very much like, I find myself being the the father role and <laughs> my partner is Frasier. Or... So you feel like you're more of a Martin right like yes. now in your life. Okay. Yes. Yes. Where I just want to chill and have a beer and I don't need everything to match. And, um... <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, hey, I didn't expect that. I, you know, most of the time uh, whenever I ask anyone like, even specifically to a character who they can relate to, a lot of people, including myself, go with a Niles um, just because, like, I personally relate to anxiety and at some point in my life, once or twice, you know, yearning for somebody from afar. Uh, And I feel like I've heard Raz uh, a bunch of times as well. But Martin I haven't heard as much. So very interesting. Yeah. I find that to be now. Of course, I mean, I am filled with anxiety as well. Um, (laughs) So that that doesn't really go with Martin. But um, but I am kind of in a, you know, the face of my life where I just like sometimes I don't want to deal with like the the OCD of life these days, but, mm, but I am yeah. definitely filled with anxiety. So I definitely relate to, um, uh, to Niles in that way too. Well, you know, also I should, I should be more, uh, open with this question because who, who really is just one TV character? You know, like <laughs> right. I, I, I like to think we're all complex creatures and we've all got, you know, all five repeating characters on Frasier. Yes. We're all some Roz and some Frasier and some Niles and some Martin. Am I missing anyone? Oh, Daphne. Yes. Daphne. And there's some Daphne. There's yeah. some but Daphne, Daphne, she's just like, you know, she's like back in Manchester. Like, she's just like, <laughs> she's just there, <laughs> you know? For me, and for, uh, you know, so my mom is a, uh, a white Jewish woman from uh Connecticut. My dad is a, a, a Catholic man uh, from Peru. And and in my case, along with a lot of uh, people that I've spoken to about this, who also happen to have white parents, started watching uh-huh. Frasier with their parents. Because like for yeah. me, I definitely watch sitcoms with my mom. That's definitely a big part of our, our relationship. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm curious, did your parents also watch with you? Did they even care about Frasier? What is your family's no. thoughts on the show? No. Yeah, my parents, my parents, we had the TV on in the background mm-hmm. a lot. And so I don't really even think my parents watch TV, but it was always on, Mm, to be honest. I don't remember watching, like actually sitting down and watching anything with them. It was just the kids used to watch TV. You know, it's like some, it's for the kids kind of. My dad used to watch the news with me, but that's pretty much it. But no, and I don't really remember them watching Frasier. So it was just me, like really taking Taking it all in. Paying attention to it, yeah. Uh, And also, actually, I should also mention that when I graduated uh, college, I moved into 
uh, an apartment and my roommate was always traveling. So I was by myself for the first time ever. And I would turn on the TV and Frasier was on Nick at night. Mm-hmm. And um, I would watch it until I fell asleep. And it was like a lot of older people, you know, watching TV with, for the loneliness of it. Of course. So I think that comfort kind of like why I watch it now is just that comfort of just having something on and the, not having the house be completely silent. Oh, of course. So, I mean, yeah. I, I've i been freelancing for like a year. And so I do all work at home. Uh, and during the day, no one's around. Boyfriend's not around, friends aren't around because everyone's working, 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 working right. as in in an office. Not that working not in an office right. isn't work, but they're, right. are, they're around other people. And I have definitely uh, shared that sentiment with other people, just that it's so quiet sometimes and it's so nice to have something familiar in the background, especially a show like Frasier, especially yeah. because it's so... I don't want to say low stakes, but like, especially if you've already watched this show at any point in your life and you know what it's about, it really is, you like, I feel like I'm in the world as well, their world, yeah. which t- is this right. other dimension that, you know, as I've grown up, realized like, oh, most of this was shot like on a, you know, in a studio, like in LA. Right. And so that for me somehow makes it even more magical. Cause like, yeah. you know, uh, I've probably brought this up before listeners, I'm sorry, but you know, I grew up in like spent my uh, formative years in West Harvard, Connecticut. And if you've ever seen the show Gilmore Girls, Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. takes place in a fictional town next to Hartford in Connecticut. It is not right. a real place. And though Fraser supposedly exists in Seattle it's like the places that they are aren't don't actually exist so to me there's something even more comforting and probably part of the reason I can continue to watch a show like Frasier as opposed to a show like Friends where I live in New York and I get angry watching the show (laughs) and going like it's not like this you could never afford to live there and like I've also outaged them, which is uh, absolutely frightening. And uh, <laughs> and so with Frasier, like I have yet to outage anyone, and it's in this place that like kind of exists, but like it's also their version of Seattle. And there's something very almost magical but about what it. What makes what makes that is it production design, like, or is it just the people's like warmth, or like the characters' warmth, or what is it about Frasier's? setting and environment that brings you that comfort as opposed to even you know stars hollow or you know something that was probably closer to where you grew up in you know i think for me i think that it is it has something to do with the fact i feel like i feel like i've been asked this question but not exactly this question so i'm really thinking it over uh i think It's comforting because, well, number one, I'm always going to find something that I liked growing up watching it now as an adult. That's always going to have an edge over anything else that I start watching now. So that's part of it. The second part, you know, now when I watch new shows, there is, there are no more things, at least for me, where you've got 11 seasons of something with 22 to 24 episodes per season, (laughs) meaning, you know, it's going to last you a while, which is nice, because sometimes I feel like, you know, like, I love the show Party Down. Party Down, 
one right. a, a really fun show, but it's like 12 episodes. And, yeah. and so I'm like, I can't binge this. It's going to be done too soon. And I feel like I have to like ration the episodes. But with Frasier, it's just so long uh, that I yeah. feel like I have the time. And, uh, and, and so that's very nice as well. But I think, yeah, part also – I don't necessarily like miss where I grew up. So like for me, I don't necessarily take great comfort in thinking about everything and the way that I grew up. And so that's another part of it. It's just this, it just feels like an escape from everything. Yeah. I just thought of a theory. I'm going to throw it at you. Oh, yes. Go on. Is it that it was at that time, because you were like, what, a teenager when you first started watching Frasier? I started watching Frasier in its second season. And so that was what, 93 or 94. And so I was like eight. I was like seven. Okay. So you were very, so you were a kid. I was a kid. Yeah, for sure. And I was a teen, I was a teenager, like uh, 14, 15, something like that. And um, is it, it, could it be that it was in part just comforting and goofy and has heart but also aspirational to what we wanted being a grown-up to be kind of low stakes and safe mm. low is stakes. that possible uh yeah. and also you know they're like successful you know what i mean in a big city you know i think the yes i think that there is definitely some truth to that it's like okay. i mean the other part too is that it's very silly like the characters yes. specifically fraser and Niles it's very like I like that what they're generally sort of poking fun at is themselves yes I love yes which I very much enjoy like yeah it's not necessarily I mean and I've talked about this at length too on the show that you know for its time it was pretty uh, refreshing, you know, sort of their treatment of of gay plot lines, um, and the yeah. fact that like in that time period, like you know, Frasier or not Frasier, Friends uh, is you know, and we're now very openly speaking about the fact that like it was very problematic and and yeah. homophobic, and and it so doesn't it, age well. That's for it doesn't sure. age well, and like Frasier, like obviously the the thing that we can't change is like it was yes, it was a very white show that cannot be changed, but uh, in terms of like the things that they're talking about, like there's just like, for me, I don't ever get taken out of it where I'm like, oh, there's that uh, old TV guide. I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, but I feel like right. the things that um, are important to the characters don't really have to do a lot with things that like we don't care about anymore, if that makes sense. Right. Like, a lot of the show is about relationships and like wanting to belong. And like right. those things are still things that I think about. And so um, there's and also I'm a sucker timeless. for and there's actually a lot of physical comedy. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. And I, you know, I'm uh, if, if we're talking about really old TV shows, I love Lucy, of course, is like, you know, it still has a special place in my heart and and I a lot of the same character like Cheers and and Frasier has even if they're not actually like falling down on the banana <laughs> peel like they're they're subtle it's subtle physical comedy but it's still there and it's still like you know yeah so effective the, 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 and, phys- um, the physical comedy uh is great and you know that's definitely one of my f- favorite acting traits of David Hyde Pierce and just you know the whole show also feels like a play because a lot you know like the majority of 
pe- like people on the show, like actors, like, well, okay, John Mahoney, Kelsey Grammer, David Hyde Pierce, uh, B.B. Newworth, Harriet Harris, all, and there's other people I'm forgetting, all have a, like a theater background. And that okay. is another part of it for me. It felt very- Who's Harriet much- Lewis? Is she B.B.? Harriet the Harris Asia? is, uh, she is B.B., B.B. Uh, uh, B- B- Glazer. Frazier's yeah, okay. agent she yeah. also um has done a lot of theater work and I believe okay. still does and obviously I dream of having her on my podcast uh <laughs> so I think that the sort of feeling of feeling like I like I'm always watching a play is yeah. another part of the thing that I love about the show but I must ask you before I forget yeah. you did mention that you haven't and don't want to watch season 11 so I'm curious <laughs> So what? I don't know why that is. Maybe you can be my therapist. Yeah. You can be my well, let's unpack this. And I could be the caller and you can tell me why that is. I do not know. Okay. If it's theory- something so obvious, it's like I don't want it to end. Right. That was my first um, theory. You don't want it to end. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it is actually because like the last season of um, Seinfeld is one of my favorites and I watch it over and over again. And, um, and I know that I'm just going to go back to season one after that, you know, like, I don't know why it is. I think I maybe, you know, like the season prior to the last season had a lot of emotional episodes. Well, okay. So controversial. I have seen every season. However, I do tend to drop off after season eight. Um, I oh my God, am, so I'm not the only one. You definitely are not the only one. I mean, yes, I have seen every episode, but I definitely don't go back a lot to rewatch after season eight. You know, a big part of the show for me was definitely the Niles and Daphne relationship and all the comedy that came from the fact that they were not together and he wanted to be with her and all the hijinks that ensued. So for me, I think a part of it is there a part of the show feels like it did end for me after okay. they get together. Yeah, um, which was very sweet. It was. I'm so like that's like when they get together. Like I generally always tear up in the season finale, the two part season finale. Something borrowed, uh, which I described in detail to my boyfriend yesterday, and he's like, "You seem really (laughs) proud of yourself." I was like, "I am. (laughs) I I know what happens, and I can recite some of the lines from that episode." Um, And so them getting together and the way they did it. Oh, I'm a fan. Uh, so I'm glad it happened, but it's true. I definitely fall off a, like mostly after season eight. So for you, I don't know, but it's interesting because you do still like watching like eight, nine, and 10, but not 11. So I- Yes, but yeah. I gotta say, sometimes I skip some okay. episodes in season eight, um, in the in the later seasons. My- the seasons that I watch every episode are always four and five. Okay. Oh, great, great options. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Four and five is, you know, when uh, it's probably the height, the peak for me uh, of episodes that I just laugh out loud still. What I tend to do once I rewatch, because like four and five are great, and then that inevitably leads me all the way up to seven. Uh, and then I end up kind of randomly 
mixing it up and and watching a random episode from season one or two. So oh, interesting. I definitely have my patterns because of how many times <laughs> I've rewatched the show. So you mentioned that your favorite uh, episodes possibly could be Two Mrs. Cranes and To Kill a Talking Bird. Great choices and uh, no surprise that I so Two Mrs. Cranes is from season four and then To Kill okay. Yep, To Kill a Talking Bird is also season four. So yeah, they yes. the writers really have. I mean, I can't. How do they just create such entertaining, you know, episodes that take place in one setting? I just, it's, they're just, ah. Oh, That's great writing. You need some good writers for that. Okay, so very important question. Other than me and you, do you <laughs> know of any other Peruvians, whether they be in Peru, in a different country, such as the United States, do you know any other Peruvians that also like Frasier? I do not. Okay. I do not, but I don't know very many Peruvians, to be honest oh, with you. Me neither. Cousins, I don't know if my cousins watch it, um, but I'm sure there are many because um, um, this is kind of like it. Like I, I remember reading an article of Michael Sarah and a filmmaker friend of his, and he, this filmmaker friend of his was Chilean, mm -hmm. and he went to visit him in Chile for some months. And Michael Sarah asked this filmmaker, what do you guys do in Chile when you get sick? And the Chilean filmmaker uh, was like, um, we take Tylenol and watch Seinfeld, <laughs> you know? Interest. Okay. So we're, everyone's, you know, we're not so different everywhere <laughs> in the world. And I'm sure there are millions of Peruvians like us who love Frasier and Seinfeld and not friends so much. <laughs> not friends so much. Well, that gives me hope. It is always very exciting uh, to meet another Peruvian because, yeah, I I know, like, in New York, I can only speak really for New York and, like, parts of Connecticut. There's definitely, there's definitely communities. Um, I do know just from Wikipedia that the largest sort of, I think, community of, of Peruvians is in New Jersey. I can't remember what what city but it, it is new jersey apparently and so it's always I, and it's so interesting because i meet a lot i know i have a lot of colombian friends here huh. and i'm like okay. okay cool why like why don't i i I'm, i don't know if it has to do with population or where people migrate yeah it's just very interesting yeah. to me and i i don't necessarily know the answer of where where uh where are my Peruvian Fraser fans at? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> listeners, you should have a hotline or an email. I should have a hotline. So everyone can like you know email all the Peruvian Fraser lovers can just email and. But right I there. hope that this this interview between the two of us will spark some hope and interest <laughs> from not even just Peruvians but more Latin Americans because I, it's very exciting to talk to fellow Latinx. Uh, Fraser fans. Yeah. It's very exciting. Oh, thanks. So, I feel like we should sing the Peruvian national anthem or something. Well, that's something that I would need to work on because <laughs> <laughs> I apparently do not know it by heart, but perhaps I can and then we will sing it together. Well, th thank you so much, Roxana, for joining the podcast today. And until next time, good night, Seattle. And that was part one. That was one of my favorite conversations that I've had. Um, and if there are any other Peruvian Fraser fans out there, please hit me up. 
I want to know who you are. You know, hit me up at Anita Jutina on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for part two of Fraser Fans Around the World. <laughs>